0: This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. <laughs> Touchdown! This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Yeah. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by my book, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bo and Josh Jordan. Nice camera
1: action. Hello, world. Welcome in to a big, big, big Sunday. I know the playoffs are in the air, especially here in Houston, because there is hope. And when there is hope, there might be money to be made. I'm in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind, at Josh Jordan 97.5, which is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan, what's going on, Jerry? How you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm i uh, I'm a little shook after what happened last night. We'll get into that, but let's get into the man behind the glass, the one keeping us in check for the next two hours, the one bringing the rhymes, the heat. Everything that you want from a producer for the ladies, the ladies, man. At Carson Radio is where you can find them on Twitter. Andrew. Good morning, guys. There's nothing better than a playoff Sunday in Houston, is there? No, there's not. And it's in the air. You can feel it. And after what happened last night, I guess hope is, can be in the air. Because if the mighty has fallen, right, how much things have changed. The almighty has fallen. The Baltimore Ravens. And let's get into that right off the top because the path to the Super Bowl in the AFC just got that much better, right? No
2: doubt about it, man. That I, I did not see that coming yesterday. And I, I kind of wanted to bring that up, too. Like, do you think this helps or hurts the Texans? Like, you know, hope, like you can, knock off, you can knock off the best team? Or is it the Chiefs are like, hey, you saw what happened to the
1: Ravens yesterday. You better bring it. I was thinking that during the game. I was thinking I could I could picture Mahomes texting everyone like, hey, you see, we can't allow this to happen. But then again, you have the opposite end of the spectrum, and it could be both true. Both can be true. Watson on the other end telling these guys like, look, we can do this. If Baltimore falls, why can't we beat Kansas City again? Yeah, In Kansas City again. No doubt about it. That That was crazy.
2: I mean, I really did not see that coming at all. And we were talking just before the show, Roger Goodell's going to blow his brains out if it's Texans, Titans, in the AFC Championship game. Like, I
1: can't imagine the ratings are going to be that great. No, and that's not what they want to see. But it's the reality of things. And I like the way they put it yesterday because, you know, the term momentum is used and and you carry that into the the, uh, playoffs or the underdog mentality. And I like a term they used with Rabel. And he said, momentum is, yeah, we have it, and it comes with confidence. Momentum is short, though. Momentum comes in short period of spans, but confidence is what builds momentum, and I'd rather have confidence that builds my momentum and confidence we have right now. Yeah. No, that, that's a good point. I, I'm just excited. I want to, you know, the Texans
2: have just been so inconsistent, so I'm just like, which which team's going to show up today? And especially from half to half, they're inconsistent too. They typically start slow, and then then they can catch on fire. So I'm I'm just hoping they they get it going a little earlier today because, you know, it's not Josh Allen they're playing against this week. They're going to have to put some points on the board.
1: Yeah, and and it's got to come early. It's something that they haven't been able to do all throughout the season, and uh, I guess using the momentum and the confidence, hopefully they can build off that fourth quarter and the end of the third and whatever they were doing on those drives. And if not, at the end of the day, you keep – I just hate the cliche saying – a lot of people say right now, well, if Watson's Watson, well, yeah, well, what if Mahomes is Mahomes? Like Mm -hmm. on on Mahomes' best day, if Mahomes has his possible best day and Watson has his possible best day, I believe the Chiefs end up winning because they're all around better. So you you can't just say Watson – has to have his best day or or how they're saying it? oh yeah if Watson has his day then no I mean you still need another variables you need other players to have their best days as well
2: yeah no doubt at you know we had a debate it wasn't really a debate we did a sports map video the other day and I even hit you up for some chief stats remember when I was texting you and if you look at the history of Andy Reid being there you know they actually score less the games go under a lot at home which you wouldn't think and you would You would think that would help the Texans, but then A.J. came on with the video, and he just kind of laid out the stats for this year, and it turns out you need to outscore the Chiefs. So if if you're just looking at the sample size of this season, an over game would favor the Texans. But if you're looking at just kind of Andy Reid's history in the playoffs with the Chiefs, you would think that the under game would help. So it's just kind of, you know, which stats do you go with, right? Do you want, like, you know, Andy Reid as a whole, or do you just look at the snapshot of the Chiefs just this season? So it'll be interesting, because if you're looking at just this year, you're going to want an over game where you have to outscore the Chiefs. But historically, Andy Reid you know, maybe the under type game favors the Texans where they run the ball more and they keep Patrick Mahomes off the field.
1: There's going to be so many angles to this. We're going to hit this game from, I mean, plenty of segments. We're going to jump in from uh, the lines, the trenches to what everybody knows. And like I said, by now it's the end of the week and you've been hammered with the Gibson and isn't there. And we know that Kelsey's going to have his moments. We know all that, but we're going to get a little bit deeper and we're going to get into numbers like how you said, as far as the scoring and one thing that sticks out, and we're just going to go ahead and throw this out there. The Chiefs are one and nine against the spread in their last 10 playoff games. Mm. Just, just let that out there right off the top. Now, the bye week can hurt or hurt or, or help you. I don't know if that was the reason the Ravens might have come out a little slow. I don't know if it was just the Titans' game plan of coming out fast, punching them in the mouth, and getting the ravens off script i think had to do with it not being scared throwing that second bomb when it went down 14-0 you saw that and it's all it's all fun and games and laughs and big trust Whenever you got all these big leads, but whenever your back is against the wall at home and now you're down two scores in a playoff game and you got a bunch of, you know, you got a young leader, then what happens? And like, again, I'm not taking anything from Lamar. He's fantastic and he will be for years, you know what I mean, to come. But you saw a little bit of that, the pouting, you know what I mean? Yeah. He let, what do you do as a, Vrabel's a defensive guy. What is he, you know what I mean? What, what is he going to say? Hey, get into his head, rough him up, talk to him after every play. What did you see him doing? fighting back with the with the, with the defense, uh arguing with the refs. How many times after the play did he look at the referees and say, hey, And which? don't get me wrong, a few of them were late hits, but that's the name of the game. When he goes down, hit him a little bit more. When he gets up, get in his face and talk. And he fell for every one of them. He fell for every trick that they threw at him, throwing more factors into the game. Not only do you have a playoff game, but now you're down at home, and now you let them get to you. So now you have to beat all these variables, and he just didn't make it happen. Not to say that he wasn't fantastic because his numbers do, but a lot of them reflect a lot of uh, prevent defense knowing that they were down three scores and they're saying, hey, time's going to keep clicking. We can run the clock out. They can't stop us. They're limited possessions. Let's do it like this. Go ahead and get these little 5, 10 yards. That's when he started accumulating points. But before that, it was tough.
2: It was, and it it played right into the Titans' hands, right? They got up and they could just let Derrick Henry do
1: Derrick Henry things. Now, what do you think, Andrew, going forward? Does this help the Texans, this narrative, saying – We win this, you got a game against the Titans to go to the Super Bowl. Or is it helping the Chiefs? What side do you think it helps? What do you think gives the fans? Is it a false sense of narrative like, man, we got to win today? Or is it hopes and prayers? I honestly don't
0: think it's going to affect the players all that much because coming into the game, if you're letting the outside noise of what happens in another game affect what you're doing, if you think that you should be more motivated because, hey, all of a sudden we can host an AFC championship game, then I'm not sure if that you're in the right mindset to begin with. But that being said, if it's going to help anybody, I think it would help the Texans just because of the fact that we haven't played in an AFC title game before. This is uncharted territory, and for the fact that, hey, this could be our first ever AFC title game, and we might be hosting it against our division rivals,
1: that could be a big deal. The phone lines are open. Houston, 713-780-3776. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your predictions. If you have a prediction for today, if you want to get it hyped, we're going to have a little segment at the end of the show that you can call in, Houston. And if you just want to get out here and yell and say, hey, we're in a big game today. The game's got to be played. Seeing what happened last night. There's a chance. Hey, I want to hear it. Houston, 713-780-3776, at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. We'll be doing this for the next two hours bringing you every angle that we can from this Texans game. I have some big bets on this game. Josh has one as well. I know Andrew has a prediction, so we'll get to that later on in the show. We don't want to spoil it, but we want to build it up. We want to give you why the Texans can win this game, why the Chiefs can win this game. We don't want to be one of these stations where you just give one angle and, hey, this is it. We can't do that. we got to be truthful here because there's money to be played here, and as truthful uh, – oh, yeah, let me let me get something out real quick that I was thinking on the drive up here. As truthful if I come up here – and. And talk about winning and losing bets. I've been a little cold on this show. I, I drove us to a through a wall last last Sunday with the overs. Uh, you know, you had a uh, you had the Saints, yeah. um, and we haven't even talked about that. But by now, like again, we're Sunday show. You've been hammered all week by the Saints. Last thing we want to do is come up here and talk 15 minutes on something you've heard all week. But we know what happened. So as much as I like to get credit and 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 and, and I guess shout out. Hey, we hit a boom. Hey, it's been a little bit cold lately. So I guess maybe regret to the mean is something we use all the time. So I think today's my day. I do, and I'll give you some predictions today. I'm going to give you a parlay. Everything that I'm going to release uh, private, I'm going to try to give it to you throughout the show. Uh, some player props. I know Josh and I got a few that we're going to smash. We got a little bit of everything, but again, it's about getting the truth out there. If I came out here and uh, I just started doing these stone-cold locks <laughs> called right now, I'm on a 30 and old streak, then I'm not real. And I'm, I can't just be that. I can't be that. Josh can't allow me to be that. And, hey, it's gambling, right? They don't call it, hey, are you into winning? Yeah, of course I'm into winning. Are you like parlays? Yeah, I like parlays. But they don't always hit. But you what you always will have is up, uh, us sitting in this booth for the next two hours trying to give you winners, trying to give you aspects of, well, we're going to stick our dollars. And if that ain't good enough for you, we got the ladies' man about to do about 35, 40 push-ups in between this break. Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: When the Forbes cover was just a mirage They had me change the statues,
1: that's on pride Oh my God, Buster, that's on track
2: Twitter
0: Twitter.
1: Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline97.5 How do you want it?
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome
1: back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on the show, if you want to talk about any kind of bad beats, if you want to talk about Lamar Jackson, if you want to talk about predictions, if you have a prediction for today, we want to hear from you, 713-780-3776, at MondayLine975 is where you can find us on Twitter, or you can text us at that same number. Go ahead and shoot in the text if you have any questions as far as DFS. Maybe we'll build a little lineup real quick today because we are doing the four-game slate lineup here for MondayLine. We are a $100 gift card. I know we've been advertising that all week long. So congrats to our – or actually good luck to to the 25, I believe, people that ended up uh, entering the contest. And I didn't have Derrick Henry. Did you, uh, did you fade Derrick Henry? Yeah, I did. I, I, he
2: was expensive, so I did. I, I faded Derrick Henry, and obviously he had a big game.
1: So let's talk about that because I was in the – fade derrick henry let me fade lamar not that didn't think that lamar go off or whatnot but i was just thinking that i could spend my money elsewhere i faded Kittle as well which he was 37 percent owned in the in the big contest so i thought i was doing good at halftime everything looked fantastic i said this is paying off and then before you know it henry starts breaking off these big runs and throwing for him not only did he did he run? And that's another thing that Vrabel wasn't scared. When he needed to keep the the, the the gas going, he did. When he needed to slow down, he knew that he could minimize possessions because the opposite team couldn't stop the run. He just kept running it. So he pressed. He a lot. A lot of people will talk about Tannehill and say he he uh, he had a he had, he's had two lackluster games and whatnot. But if that game would have turned into a shootout, say the 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 Ravens would have hit right back. I think that Tannehill was going to open it up. He was seeing it. He was seeing it. He, I mean, how many times do you see Humphreys get beat like that? I mean, they, yeah. they were getting beat. Tannehill was running. He just didn't need it. They saw, hey, we don't need to open this up because we got a great defensive plan right now. So let's not commit any mistakes. Let's put it on the back of our defense. Until that changes, we're going to run it like this. And if they can't stop Henry, okay, so be it. Now, as a defensive back, and we saw Earl Thomas on one specific play get stiff arm twice. We got to keep quit going high on a guy like that, right? I mean, you got to go low, you got to get in there. You got to pop him, you got to hit him low early and let him know I'm here. If you let him get speed, and it seems like this is where Henry has progressively gotten better before when he, and, and he's always been the same type of runner. Once you let him get going full speed, he does have a breakaway speed. As big as he is, he can break away, but it takes him a while to get there. But it seems now his acceleration, he gets to that top speed a lot quicker. And if he gets to that outside, those stretch runs, if he hits that outside and he gets about three steps of speed, you better be careful when he hits that hole. And if you hit him with that first defender, hits him high, he's going to break it and he's going to bounce outside it. And that ends up hurting you because defenders are coming and then they, they stagger on that missed tackle. So whatever it is, in late season, late in the season, I guess, two guys tired, maybe uh, it's tougher to tackle them. But from what I'm seeing and from what I, I, I know you said you saw something from, who was it? I think it was Ryan Clark, if
2: I'm remembering correctly, but I think that's who said it. if, if I'm wrong, forgive me. But he he just made a point that that I believe it was him that in a game that when they were playing against Brandon Jacobs, you know, from the Giants, who's a, a similar type running back, a really strong, bruising guy, he was like, man, you just got to get in there and pop him as hard as you can. And if you get run over, you get run over. But your teammates see that. And then they're like, man, if he's going to put his body on the line, I'm going to do it, too. And I, and I believe it was Ryan Clark said, yeah, you know, I, I drilled him and, it, you know, it didn't. I don't think it made a huge difference in that moment, but for the rest of the game, all the other guys started doing it too, and it started wearing on him a little bit. So sometimes you just got to get in there and make a statement. Even if in that moment it doesn't make a big difference, over the course of a game, you know, everybody together, you know, you can wear one of those big guys down.
1: Yeah, and and I saw Earl Thomas make a statement after the game saying it looked like guys didn't want to tackle, and it felt like it was. He was trying to hit high on a big guy himself, and he got on a, Let's call it that twice on one play. So he's got a he can't really be talking. It was collectively they couldn't get him down. Let's go over to the HRMP listener line right now. Someone wants to talk. Uh, let's talk Tannehill. Caleb, you're on money line. What's going on, Caleb? Hey Caleb, can turn down your radio for us, will you, please? Yes. Hey Caleb, you're on money line. What's going on, my man? Okay. Yeah, you're on. Go Joe. ahead. I'm ready. You, talk. You want to talk Tannehill? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. What's your thoughts on Tannehill? I can't, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Okay. Go, Go ahead. I, yeah, try to call us. My volume is pull over
3: yours, but I, I can't. Maybe I'm driving, but I'm going to pull over a little bit.
1: Try to, to call to us back. Yeah. Hey, the phone lines are open, y'all. 713-780-3776. Caleb, try to give us a call back. I mean, he wanted to talk Tannehill, and I'm sure that's going to be the topic of discussion around a lot of, let's call it, lunch rooms around work this week. Because what's your thoughts going forward as far as Tannehill? Because going into the situation that he was put in, right, and when he took over, what was expected? Was it expected of, man, this is just a a period to get us through this old Mariota stage? Let's see Tannehill just kind of drive us into the finish line. We don't expect anything. We got to start looking for quarterback. Is that what it was then? Because now I don't think you can start looking for quarterback. You got to give Tannehill his chance now, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, you're in the AFC championship game. You know, you got to keep rolling with this guy. And But what's funny is looking at his stat line – he was 7 for 14 with 88
1: passing yards, Jerry. <laughs> and that was mostly on that one bomb, you know, on, yeah. on those two plays, that bomb down the middle. Again, though, I think the game plan, Vrabel felt when his defense was making those stops, he felt if we have to open it up, we will, but I don't think we we need to. Our defense is making stops. Those drives were taking six, seven minutes off the clock, and then you saw how impatient Lamar Jackson was getting, he was getting impatient. Every drive, he got more and more impatient, and you could see it on the bench, and you could see him carry it onto the field. You could see it right on that third down when he would leave the field, he would yell out. It was nothing but but tension, nothing but tension. And for a young quarterback, you saw him be vulnerable for the first moment, so you think, hey, and that's what the Texans have to do today. If you remember back when Hyde went off that first matchup against the Chiefs, they kept showing Mahomes, and it was that. It's that these young guys that, that are used to scoring and they and they like that high-flying offense and, and they want to have the ball and they can't get the ball, that's when they become impatient. And then when they get on the field, they say, man, I'm not going to get that many looks, so I got to make it happen here. And that's exactly what the Texans have to do today. They have to pick their moments. Yeah, at one point or another, you're going to have to go and maybe, maybe do a no huddle at one point, get up there and get that Chiefs defense tired. But at one point, you're going to have to say, let's keep that other offense off the field as well, yeah. it just depends the game script. But if what we've seen all season long with the Texans starting slow, if that's gonna be the case, then this is gonna be trouble. They have to break the mold today. In the biggest, on the biggest stage, on the biggest game, they have to break the mold and come out with energy. Points. And make this respectable because the Chiefs are going to do just that. Even in the prior matchup, when they lost, they came out with energy. And they went up big. It was the second quarter that ended up helping out the Texans. It was. And it was a back-and-forth game.
2: Chiefs kind of got up early. And then the Texans came back. And, but you hit on it there. they, they got to be able to run the ball with Carlos Hyde today. That That's the thing. And that sets up your play action. That keeps Mahomes off the field. That That's what they're going to have to do today. And and I think Duke Johnson, too. I, I feel like they used him a little more last week against the Bills, and I, I feel like that helped the Texans. You know, they don't, they don't have a lot of intermediate little slot routes anymore with, you know, no Kiki QT. And I feel like Duke Johnson needs to be that guy to get those little short passes and little dump-offs. And then he saw it on that huge third down where he got that big first down for him that kind of swung the game. That's why you brought him in here. That's why you gave up a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. So I'd like to see them get him the ball a little more.
1: And then, of course, what everybody's talking about, Will Fuller. What are we going to get out of him today? Well, you got him on the field. So that's at least – I'm not going to say the decoy word, but at least you know that you have him out there to stretch the field at moments. Now – before we even get into the Texans next start, next seven, we're going to get into all the angles, the betting angles, where it's getting bad. Just to end this on Lamar Jackson going forward, and, and I'm not on either side of the fence. I just want to know your guys' thoughts because, you know, last week before, or let's say before that Bills game, you know, and I even said, and I'm not saying that Lamar or that that Deshaun wasn't isn't special, and you know that was my reason to, to pick him over the Bills, the Texans. But I was thinking at one point. What is elite? What do we consider elite? Just period. What is the word elite? And when we're categorizing players nowadays, is at that point I was asking, is Deshaun elite? Because if he if is he if he's elite, then elite can mean you can have up and down games consistently. You know what I mean? Not yeah. saying that he doesn't have more ups, but when he have downs, he has a lot of downs. So then whenever we started talking consistent, we threw like Patrick Mahomes or not consistent elite. We were like, yeah, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. But now let's step back for a second. Right now that, that, that we know what happened and it's easier to talk about it now. But what is elite is elite. Do we consider that year by year? Do we consider elite a guy that doesn't really have off games, whether his team loses or wins? It's not really because of him is like a Russell Wilson type. What is elite? Is elite somebody that was elite in his career at one point, like an Aaron Rodgers kill considered elite in a one game playoff, you know, saying, "Hey, he can be elite at any moment." We've seen it. What is elite because can we throw that elite tag on on Russell, will uh, on Lamar Jackson, not saying that he's not elite on a, on an everyday game basis, on a season basis, but is is this an elite thing overall career? Because in his two biggest moments, in the two biggest playoff moments, we've seen him not be so elite. So not to say that he's not, but we throw, I guess, this word elite out too easy. I think elite needs to be in, a, in an elite field, you know? Just like, uh, to me, I guess, now that we think of it, elite to me, would be in my in my lifetime, Elite is Brady, if we're going to – and Manning.
2: Right, but, I mean, th- those are Hall of Famers and arguably, you know, top five guys in the history of football. I feel like that's a little higher standard because, you know, Elite should just be guys that are playing now, like who's maybe the top three or four dudes. You for know. the season, for, or yeah. is it for like a
1: period of time, yeah. like two or three years? Yeah, like
2: something like that. It, you know, but over an entire career in the history of football, I mean –
1: that that's pretty hefty expectations you know to be the best ever you know that, that that's that's up there so elite quarterbacks right now and not just this season well let's take a collectively let's say two or three seasons how many elite quarterbacks are there in this league well you're not a elite if there's more than a handful of them right exactly. you know so, so where, maybe
2: three guys something like that
1: i guess that's my question elite like where does the list cut off is my you know what i mean and not not to say put put you on a spot cuz we don't have the list right here just sure. to, but I just, I, I think we're so quick to say, man, that guy's elite, he's unbeatable. But then whenever you see him on the biggest, it's hard for us to criticize Lamar Jackson or not because he did have moments and, and he had a great season. I mean, the guy led in touchdowns. Yeah, the most touchdown passes in the league
2: this year. We think about his running, but he had the most
1: passes. But if that happens to uh, Deshaun Watson after having a season like that, then then the, the reins come down on him. Or if... Bill O'Brien calls that fourth down where he goes off to the side, then they're coming down on him or... So then why isn't the, the playing field level? You know what I mean? At one point or another, and, and, it, and it's not saying not even inside the city or outside the city because sometimes inside the city we're the harshest critics to certain teams, right? Or even as a fan. But at one point does it become, man, let's level this field out because we saw Lamar Jackson, we saw the Ravens, and we saw Harbaugh be everything but elite in many moments yesterday. Yeah, I think we forget, though, that, I mean, remember it took Peyton Manning forever,
2: you know, to beat the Patriots and get to a Super Bowl. And we were already calling him... The best the, regular season right, quarterback of all time. Right. So, I mean, if Peyton Manning was getting that, you know, don't be too
1: quick with Lamar Jackson. He's a young player. How much of a drop-off is there going to be next year for Lamar Jackson? I mean, I'm not saying of any, but, you know, with numbers like this, it's due to regression. Do you, think it's, do you think defenses catch on? I think it'll be similar to what happened with Patrick Mahomes this year.
2: You know, still a really good player, but you're not going to have a career season every season, then it
1: wouldn't be a career season. You know what I mean? The phone lines are open. 713-780-3776. We want to hear from you, Houston. We want to hear from you anywhere out there. If you have a Ravens jersey on right now and you woke up and it smells like liquor, I want to hear about that. (laughs) Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: Hey, mate, this is Sam Windsor of the Houston Sabercats. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline.
1: 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open. You can text us at that same number, 713-780-ESPN. Let's go over right now to the Trumpy listener line. We have Dave. He wants to talk Texans. What's going on, Dave? You're on Moneyline.
3: Hey, guys, thanks for taking the call. Hey, uh, I just uh, – I'm uh, incredibly proud of the AFC South for what they've done. Uh, you know, this this division gets ragged on on a regular basis on, on every channel there is, NFL, whatever. They give us the least amount of respect that there is. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm an original season ticket holder. I'm an OG. My, my, my name is in glass up there at the stadium. And I've been pulling – for this team forever, and uh, and I, I believe we're going to come in and, and, and hopefully win it today. And I think it's going to be uh, poetic justice that is the the entire country rags on this division rags on this division constantly. And maybe I'm taking it personal, and, and that's okay, too. Maybe you guys have a more objective opinion. I take it personal. But I just always feel like, like you know, we're we're, we're always getting the short end of the stick in terms of national profile. And I spent some time in Tennessee, and I was at that Tennessee uh, uh, Texans uh, game uh, in December. They couldn't have had a, a better time up there. You know, they were great hosts to us. But I told them all, they took that game – all the fans around us took that game as a playoff game. They said, this is our playoff game. This is it. This is a playoff game. And I said, guys, hold tight. I said, I think we both make it. And, uh, you know, uh, and we both ended up making it. And to see them come through and do what they've done, I want to give them props to all those fans up there. But the Texans are going to come through today, in my opinion, and hopefully do the same thing. And we coming home next week. What you guys think?
1: I love it. I love it from that aspect of, like he says, he's an OG season ticket holder he's been there through the downs through the ups so you deservedly so can wake up on a sunday and say why not us why not us texans why not this moment i don't believe the moment's too big and we go back to that number four right? That number four guy. And if you have him under center, then you have a chance. And that's what you got to go in there today and believe that you can go punch for punch with them and at one moment or another make a play to to withstand whatever the Kansas City Chiefs are going to throw at you because they're going to throw everything at you. You got to know in that environment, they're going to throw everything at you. But we know one thing in Andy Reid, he can be beat in the playoffs. That's one thing that you know. So you have hope And for all you season ticket holders out there listening right now and saying, you know what, that's me. Or even if you're not a season ticket holder and you're saying, I've been down through the dumps and I've always bought the jerseys and I've always welcomed this team. Well, today's your day. And at two o'clock, that's your moment on the biggest stage for the for the Texans. That's your moment to make that statement. So, again. Whatever I end up telling you bets-wise or whatever, not that's money. Money comes and goes. But what you have as a fan, fan starts with heart, and that doesn't move anywhere. So today, it's got to be played in between those lines, just like the Titans went out there, and they believed through confidence we can beat that team. You got to believe the same, Houston. You got to get out there, and you got to believe when they punch us, we're punching back. We're not folding, not today.
2: I think Dave makes a good point about the division. Like, the AFC South is better than we thought. Keep in mind, the Colts beat the Chiefs. The Texans beat the Chiefs. The Titans beat the Chiefs. And the Jags didn't beat them, but I think they put up, like, 26 points on them. Yeah, they they they, they lost, but it was 40-26. to 26. So, like, even Jacksonville, you know, with
1: Gardner Minshew, they were putting some points on the Chiefs. Both Titans and Texans beat – did Titans beat the Saints? Yeah, Titans beat uh, Patriots last year, stomped them. I mean, it's becoming to a point to where, okay, maybe they aren't the basement of things. Because for a point there, remember, it was the Cowboys division that it was tough. And now, yeah. what is that division? It's true. It, it Man, that's an awful division.
2: I mean, it, it really is. We It seemed like nobody wanted to win it, but... I think there's something to it. The the Texans' division is a little better, or maybe a lot better than we thought, because, I mean, the Titans didn't just beat the Ravens yesterday. They went to New England and and beat Tom Brady, like you were saying. I mean, those are are some big wins. And, you know, remember, the Texans beat the Titans when it mattered. When they were playing for the division, the Texans won. And I don't really count that last game, because, you know, the Texans were resting their guys. But there's something to be said for it. It's just the texans are inconsistent and we we we've talked about that a lot which texans team are we going to see today and i brought up will fuller and what's interesting is is he didn't have that big a game when they they played each other you know like that wasn't really a big will fuller game i mean he didn't do all that much so maybe they don't need will fuller to to go bananas to win today but just having him on the field and making the safeties respect his speed and then getting the ball to you know to hopkins and and dumping it down to duke johnson running the ball that might be enough for them today and i'd I'd like to see him use kenny stills a little bit more too because he seemed to be kind of getting open whenever he wanted to last week and It was just Deshaun not really finding him. So we'll see how it plays out, but I think there's something to it. I think Dave's right. Division's better than people think. And but you know what Texans got to go prove it today. They got to go prove it. They got to go not get behind early because I'm looking at this box score from that Jaguars Kansas City game I brought up. It was a game where Kansas City got up on them early, and and the Jags could just never quite close that gap. And I don't want to see that with the Texans today. They they've got to come out early and and, and, you know force them to punt a little bit. You know don't give up. Don't get down 14 or have it be 14-7 in the first quarter. You know they. They got to get, you know, Patrick Mahomes off the field. Now, when they're
1: on the field, Steve Spagnuolo's defense, people are saying they hit their stride. Yeah. To close the season out, they were shutting down opponents, especially quarterbacks. And five of the last six quarterbacks had fantasy scores of quarterback 18 or worse. That was the Broncos, the Patriots, the Raiders, Chargers, Bears, and, and then the Chargers again. So is it a... A product of who they played, though, as well, or is it? Do you think that this defense is really coming along? It, yes,
2: <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of both. From. You know, from us being fantasy football guys, we know it was like after week 11, you know, the Chiefs really got rolling and kind of figured some things out. And they went from a team that you would target that you wanted to play in fantasy to a team that you would want to try and avoid. So I think they got healthy. I don't, and I think adding Suggs, you know, maybe gives them a little bit. I know he's not what he used to be, but, you know, remember they added him at the end of the year. And so I think they got some guys back and they just started playing better.
1: Watson, when trailing... So games playing from behind, his numbers go from seven point seven per attempt to eight point four in terms of rushing per attempt, four point three to six point one. He has forty five career all purpose touchdowns when trailing compared to thirty one. He can play from behind. That's not a he doesn't fold up. Now it comes down to the play calling, and of course you don't want to get down fourteen, but you know keep this game within striking distance the longer that ball go the, the game goes the the heavier that ball gets to say yeah keep it within striking distance and that's easier said than done i think it comes out to that start you have to start fast or at least keep the game ugly for the chiefs because if you let them come out there they get the ball they score 7 and you come out and you go 3 and out and they score it's going to be trouble you have to come out there and do what you do best but let Watson create. Let him move out of the pocket. Call plays that give him the pass-run option. And I know that you hate to see Watson sometimes during the regular season running out there and getting hit. But, hey, this isn't the regular season. No. And you got to take it if you take it. And he's willing to take it. So, at this point... Every yard is valuable. And I I know we're saying all these cliche things that you've heard, but everything comes into play. Everything. How many yards do the Ravens one yard do they wish they could have had back on two different occasions uh, uh, last night? Two fourth down stops that ended up being pivotal. Going down into the red zone. And as bad as the Texans have been in red zone offense and as good as the Chiefs have been down the stretch, that's going to be pivotal this week because the Chiefs, capitalized in the red zone. The Texans haven't been on defense and if that's going to be one of the factors then 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 it's going to get bad. That's what
2: worries me the most is they got to get some early points and the Texans just have not been doing that this year. You know, this is remember they broke out the RPO big time against the Chiefs and that's what helped them win. So if O'Brien's got some other, you know, thing that he's been holding back that he hasn't showed on offense, this is the week to break it out. So hopefully they have another wrinkle maybe to the RPO that gives the Chiefs some trouble. And it's really the defense, you know, If we need J.J. to to make another big impact this week. And I think he will, man. He really impressed me last week. I mean, you could just feel the energy of him coming through your television, man. Like, J.J. really played well in a a spot where I didn't expect a whole lot from him. So I want to see that again today. They're going to need him. And then... With JJ having a big game, you saw Whitney Merciless pop up in the stat sheet again. Uh you know, all of a sudden, you take some pressure off Whitney and he gets some one on one matchups and he can he can rush the passer. So hopefully we see more of that this week. They're gonna need it. And to your point about Deshaun running, that's the edge he has over Mahomes, is he's a better runner than him. Today's the day where he needs to use that.
1: Yeah, he needs to improvise. We're gonna get into matchups, we're gonna get into some over-unders where the money's coming in. And I have a stat for you, Houston. I have a stat about teams off bye weeks and how they perform against the spread that's gonna fi- make you feel like you have hope. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN975. Twitter,
0: Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter
1: at Moneyline975. Woo-hoo.
0: you're listening to money line on espn 97.5 and on espn 97.5.com presented by my bookie live from the veritex community bank studios here's jerry Bow and josh jordan i think we play a lot over the years
2: um you know we've gotten them a couple times they've gotten us a couple times i mean it's just a you know
3: the respect that i have for andy reed you know andy and i are friends and uh you know, I've learned a lot from Andy uh, at the meetings the combine and at the uh, owners meeting we, we meet a lot with a group of coaches and uh, he's just a, he's a great football coach. Um,
2: he's got a great football team and we're just we're gonna have a great week here at practice and we're gonna go up there and, and uh, try to do as good as we can do on, on each and every play but we know uh, that it's
1: a very tough game and a tough environment but we're excited about it. Welcome back to Moneyline the squad is in the building. At Josh Jordan 97.5, at Carlson Radio, at Jerry Bow with a Z. You heard it there from the coach. And this is a historic. And will this moment be too big for him? We've seen him collapse in some moments. And, and, and last week, we talked about who would you rather have, O'Brien or McDermott? We saw McDermott create mistakes himself to, to end the game and the half. So as that ball, we say, gets heavier for players on the field. Those play calls, your what do we say? That jaw gets a little a little tighter to call these plays. Your your voice starts cracking some, and that's something that scares me going into this matchup today. It should. I mean, you can't have a whole lot of confidence in, in Bill O'Brien.
2: It, you know, that's fair. But you know, he's 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 getting experience in playoff games now, so that should help him a little bit. But. My my biggest thing with Bill is I just worry that he's so concerned with what play he's going to call next that he's maybe not overseeing the whole game and the whole picture, you know, and the, the time management, that stuff, that that's what bothers me. And But look, it seems that's kind of a new thing. A lot of these head coaches are calling plays now, so he's not the only one doing it. But I just feel like I... I wonder who's up in that booth that's the person that talks to him and tells him when to challenge and and, and when to take timeouts because I'd like to see an upgrade there because, I mean, that challenge early in the game on the, the pass interference on Hopkins, did you think for one second that that was going to get overturned? It's like, no, they haven't been doing that all year. Stop wasting
1: challenges. And early in the game, that's what kills you as well, doing it. Early in the game, and knowing well, as soon as he threw that out there, you know you held your head like, please don't, don't, don't do it. And then you saw him do it. Now, let's talk about the referees today. Then talking about challenges, Sean Hockley gets the call again. He was a part of the first game, in a game that a lot of Chiefs fans have a lot of bad taste in their mouth for that reverse play whenever it was still seventeen nine. Remember that that uh, interception by uh, Lonnie Johnson ended up getting overturned. That pass interference. Uh, Not overturned, but the referees huddled after it was called. They said it wasn't. And then after that, all hell broke loose for the Texans. So a lot of pundits like to point at the referee assignments. Favorites are 15 and 13 against the spread. Home teams are 12 and 16 against the spread with these guys. He's 1 and 0 for the Texans against the spread in games this year. Overs, 12 and 16. So he's hit more unders while refereeing.
2: Interesting. Have you checked the weather on this one? Like uh, Early in the week, I believe it
1: there was going to be a chance of snow. Is that still the case? Yeah, but I'm not sure if it's going to be enough to uh, hurt the game at all. The winds aren't too high. Um, I don't think that weather is going to be a factor as far as where this game goes, as far as over, under, or anything as far as my, my handicapping. Yeah, it's going to be a factor, but I don't think it's going to be enough to to sway me one way or another
2: yeah typically unless you're getting winds of you know 30 miles an hour or higher that's the kind of stuff that that swings games as far as you know weather so if that's not going to be a factor then i don't know i mean we haven't even gotten into this from a
1: handicapping kind of perspective do you expect a high scoring game well we talked about these splits for andy Reid at home and that's something that's it, it kind of scares me here but at the same time The Texans, to win today, are going to have to score more than 28 points, in my opinion. And if that's the case, then this game reads over. Now, we talked about the weather. It's 26 degrees, about seven-mile-an-hour winds. That's nothing that's going to throw me either which way. I'll take that. Yeah.
2: Man, that's interesting. This is a tough one for me because I hate betting Texans games because, you know, my heart's in it. I'm a fan of the team. But I think you're right about the 28 points, because when I was looking uh, online, it looks like 28 and a half is the team total that's expected for the Chiefs. So, yeah, if that's what Vegas is thinking, the, you know, the Chiefs are going to score, the Texans are going to have to obviously score more than 28 points. They can do it. I mean, they can do it. They just they got to show us in the playoffs. I think that's where a lot of Texans fans are just like, come on, guys, you know, give us
1: something, you know, show us something in the playoffs. And today's their chance. Now, let's talk about that slow start that the Texans need. Or if we can find an angle here, because I think one of my favorite bets is going to be Chiefs' first quarter, agreeing with you as well from earlier. The Texans have been held scoreless in opening quarters nine times out of 16 Watson starts. Average just 2.8 points per game in the first quarter. On the road, it drops down to two points. Now you have Andy Reid coming off a bye and we know what that can be. Do you think that the that the Chiefs come out to a quick start? Because they did last year, a 14-0 start against the Colts. That's what
2: they're good at. I mean, Andy Reid is really good at scripting, you know, his first drive and getting points out of it. And that's what concerns me is that the Texans are one of the worst at that. And that's I've been harping on that all year, and Andrew knows. I've been saying that. Imagine if the Texans actually could script a first drive and put seven points on the board. You know, they're already good. Imagine if they did that somewhat consistently. Then they'd be great. So, And that's the thing with Andy Reid, where you feel like he has the advantage. And you're right. Coming off a bye, he's fantastic. But at the same time, he's not
1: good in the playoffs. So those things just kind of wash each other out, which brings me to – The number that I teased about why Texans fans should and can have hope. In the regular season, teams coming off a bye have gone 277 and 250. This is all since 2003. So 52%. So, okay, it gives you a little bit of an edge, not enough to beat the the juice. In the divisional round, teams coming off a bye go all the way down to 42.9% against the spread. So they're not even close to that 50. The numbers even get worse as a favorite. You're now 40% against the spread since 2003. 24 and 36. And if you're favored by more than a touchdown, you've only covered 37% of the time since 2003. Teams coming off a bye. Now, coaching does matter. And three coaches in history that are best coming off a bye. Mike McCarthy, 10-2-1. Cowboy guys out there, you're like, yeah! Yeah. John Harbaugh, 9-3. 6-2 at home. Make it six and three now, nine and four. He was second, and Andy Reid's third on that list. Eleven and six, six and three at home in that position. That's interesting
2: because, you know, we, uh, Charlie Palillo writes some great stuff for us on Sports Map. If you haven't checked out Sports Map, get there today. And he has a great line in his article that the Chiefs could
1: choke. They've lost seven of their last eight home playoff games. Think about that. That's what they do. Yeah. And Andy Reid, he. Against the Titans a few years back, they came out and punched the Titans in the mouth. They were up about 14, 13 points, and then they gave up that big lead and ended up losing. So they can be had. Now, Andy Reid and his staff got the extra time and then the revenge factor. Let me talk to you about revenge. Teams that play in the regular season and they face off again in the playoffs, the team that lost the first time 58.5% against the spread the second time around. Take that with a grain of salt. Because we also threw in, coming off a bye, and we're talking about over a 500-game sample. That's a lot of games to think, well, are we putting too much emphasis on a team coming off a bye and giving them too much credit? Is that bye time off sometimes throws these these good teams off a rhythm? Does the having a play like a playoff mentality as the Titans have been for multiple weeks now, even in the regular season, does that kind of build something a typical or a certain type of environment in the locker room saying it's win or go home and they have that going and going. And once it works they they just stick to it and it helps momentum into the next game. Or does it, you sit at home and you're fat and happy. I just don't know what that does for you, but I do got to think that the Ravens losing it's got to be somewhat alarming to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid's got to come in there and he's got to have a he's got to come in with a raven head. He does,
2: but I think there's a distinction here, right? The Ravens rested their guys week 17 because they had it locked up and then they had the bye and then they played. The Chiefs had to to come with it the last week of the season so that, you know, they could get that bye and cuz you know the the off chance that the Patriots lose to the Dolphins, the Chiefs had to try and win, which they did. And then the Patriots did lose to the Dolphins, and that's how they got that bye. So we have to remember, the Ravens really had one one more week of rest
1: than the Chiefs did. Andy Reid's going to walk into the locker room today with braids. going to be like, <laughs> who do I look like? Lamar Jackson? Does it look like this guy want to go home? Mm-hmm. We don't want to go home. But neither do those lines on the other side. Those Texans, they come, they're coming. They believe. They're playing with house money right yeah. now. At this point, you're playing with house money. You want a game that... For three quarters, it looked like there's no way. And then all of a sudden, number four. He came out, and he came to play. And he's got four quarters to play today. And you got four quarters to drink some beer and live it up. It's your moment, Houston. Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: You can now listen to all your favorite shows on the amazon echo oh sweet dude just say alexa open espn 97.5 now playing espn 97.5